Good morning, everyone. My name is Audric, and I am one of the ministers here at Chatswood Presbyterian. As we study God's Word, please make sure to keep your Bibles open at Psalm 86 on page 924. But how about we begin by praying? Dear Heavenly Father, in this time, would you grow our excitement for mission? Help us to see how we fit into your great salvation plan for the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, can anyone finish it? Oh, what a beautiful voice. (laughs) What a wonderful world. Well done. That was Louis Armstrong's 1968 hit song, What a Wonderful World. But the thing is, when I hear it, you know what I think to myself? Is it? Do you think that the poor are singing that song? The hungry, the homeless, the ones living in war-torn, ravaged country, or communist regimes, or the one trapped in a cycle of abuse? There's no wonderful world for them. There's no hope for them. It's futile suffering. To me, it's just an irritatingly optimistic song. Which begs the question, what hope is there in the world? Well, in today's psalm, we meet a man, King David, who knew the great heights of human experience and the darkest depths of it too. In this psalm, David is surrounded by his enemies at the brink of despair, and David turns to God in prayer. No other God can lift him out of hopelessness, no one besides the one true living God. David realizes that true hope is found in God alone. No other God can answer him, no other gods will even hear him, no other gods can deliver him. David turns to God for hope. Let's take a look at verse 8. Verse 8. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. And just as David hopes in the one true God, we see that this hope isn't just for David, nor is it just for Israel. This hope is for the whole world, all nations. The one true God isn't just for David, but it's for everyone that God has made. Every single nation, everyone will see God in all his glory and know that he is worth hoping in, trusting in, and they will worship him. Read with me from verse 9. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. Now, why would everyone and everything bring glory to God? Well, because God deserves it. God is worthy of all worship because of all that he has done, all of his deeds. David comes to God because God is the creator of all things. God is the one who rescued Noah from the flood. God is the one who saved the Israelites out of slavery, who tore the walls of Jericho down, who saved Israel time and time again. God is the one who helped David defeat Goliath and rescued him from King Saul time and time again. 
God's great deeds are endless. And David knows from personal experience who this God is. The God who will deliver him, the only one worth hoping in. Let's see this in our last verse for today, verse 10. For you are great and do marvelous deeds, you alone are God. We can see David's hope in today's passage. David's hope is in God alone. And this hope is not just for David, but for everyone. And we know that God is worth hoping in because of all that he has done. Now, as Christians, we look at this passage and we see all that God has done. We know that God has done even greater things than what David has seen. We know God who in his love came to live among his creation, die for the ones he created, pay the debt for our sins and rise again to fill us with hope of life anew. God has given us a hope of life eternal with, heaven, with a heavenly father a father who loves us perfectly. And it is this hope, it is this hope that David is hinting about. With Revelation chapter 15 verse 4 echoing David's prayer, all nations will come and worship before you. We see a hope that is for all nations, a hope for everyone who might believe it, so that on the final day, every nation will be represented. God's hope will reach every part of the world. And this is why we spend an entire month thinking about mission. This is why Mission Month is so spectacular, because at the heart of this month, we get to see God's true hope taken to the nations, that all would see this incredible invitation in a world that is perishing, hopeless, doomed for an eternity of destruction. We rejoice for those who have escaped death and found true hope in Christ. That's why during Mission Month, we get to spotlight and celebrate the work of our mission partners living among the hopeless to bring a message of hope. So, let me share a story from Egal in Israel. Egal tells a story about a friend named Amnon. You can see him up there in the picture. Amnon is in his 30s, and he grew up without a father. After his time in the army, he worked as a computer repairer. But as the pandemic hit, Amnon lost his job, and it wasn't long after he couldn't pay his rent. He lost his apartment, and he ended up on the streets, homeless. As the hopelessness became his regular companion, he turned to cocaine to numb the pain. But he couldn't afford to keep medicating his despair, so... What did he resort to doing? Shoplifting. Stealing to fund his addiction. Eventually he was arrested for shoplifting, forced into rehabilitation, and that's where Egal met him. Egal spent some time sharing with Amnon the message of Christ, but Amnon asked, how can Jesus love a Jewish drug addict? That was when Egal shared his own past of drug addiction and how Jesus had given him hope. The hope of knowing that nothing can separate him from the love of Christ. That in Christ he could be a cherished child of God. And now because of Egal's faithful witness, Amnon is now part of God's family. 
He can be found every day, every Sunday, worshipping with the saints in Tel Aviv. A hope in Amnon's heart that couldn't be filled with drugs. You can see the hopelessness is rife in the people that Egal meets with. Rami, a father of two who was in an accident, during his recovery, he became addicted to his opiate-based painkillers. Kicked out of his house because of his addiction, he had nothing left. No family, no home, no money. And we see this in every prayer letter that Egal shares. Omri, a staunch Jew who was confident of his recreational drug use until hard times came. And he fell deeper and deeper into his addiction to drugs. You can see all these men in the photo above, lost without hope, suffering without meaning. And somehow, just somehow, through the message of Jesus Christ, they are finding a hope beyond drugs, a hope beyond their circumstances, a true hope of an eternity spent with God. All because Igal is telling the world about Jesus. Doesn't it just want you make you want to praise God for all the work that Igal is doing? And like I said earlier, God isn't just working in Israel. He is a hope for the nations. So let's take a look at Japan. Uh, country defined by its toxic work ethic that they've even invented a word for suicide by overworking karoshi it's that normal it's that often that suicide rates are rising alcoholism the culture in japan whilst on the surface is polite and friendly and kind is masking this insidious and dark hopelessness of the people but who is going to bring the message of true hope to Japan. Well, as we heard today from Andrew and Joanna, we heard that they're doing, what they're doing is to bring true hope to Japan. They're church planting in a place without churches. And Andrew and Joanna may very well be the only Christians that these Japanese people in Yahaba may ever meet in their lives. How incredible it is that Andrew and Joanna are bearing this message of hope in a place so barren. What about China? Imagine the hopelessness of being ruled over by an authoritarian government. Free choice is being more and more restricted. Religion is getting tightly regulated and a government that wants to convince you to believe that communism is better than God. And what this has led to is an entire generation of young adults who have embraced this lost spirit caused by the high expectations put on them, career and marriage prospects lauded over them. They've developed a defeatist attitude. How can this deeply ingrained pessimism be broken? Well, it begins with messengers of hope like J and B, who use their work platform in corporate training they run well-being seminars and they nurture this broader thinking in the people who attend, encouraging people to think deeper into their life, to ask the hard questions. And when they start asking them, they point them to the Bible. And you know what? It's working. Jay invites these curious people to a workplace Bible study and even just last week, one man was asked, what is stopping you 
from being a Christian. And the man realized nothing was stopping him, so he gave his life to Jesus. Another lost soul, given hope, rescued from an eternity of hopeless wandering. As a great hope in God cracks away at the heavy careerism and pessimism in China, we see a loving father who sees the sickness of sin plaguing this world, offering hope to the nations. How fantastic it is that J and B are in China. Well, we also see God working in the falls in Vanuatu, the Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Derudan and Beck in Indonesia, training pastors, training locals how to handle God's word, and in essence, training disciple makers who will make disciples to keep making disciples, passing on that true hope further and further on. And how about Meredith in North Africa and Liz in Middle East and the Derudas in Italy as they engage with local unbelievers, living within the culture of these countries, modeling Christ's love and Christian hopefulness, breaking the mirages of hope and leading locals to drink deeply from the oasis of Jesus. And we have Dan and Megan Ning and Sarah Weber, Stuart and Gail Johnson in unis and Mark Baines and Susie Wright in schools right here on our doorstep, reaching the next generation who have been bombarded by these messages of sexual identity, atheism and philosophy and inclusion. And they're helping these kids and young adults to wade through those many voices to discover the truth about God's invitation. An invitation to partake in the hope that Jesus Christ has freely given us. It is truly incredible that we have so many mission partners here at Chatswood spreading the message of hope across the world. And so here we are kicking off another mission month. And it's exciting that each week we get to see how lives are being transformed, souls are being renewed in the hope of Jesus. What was once dead is now alive. What was once hopeless is now full of hope, looking to a resurrection where hopelessness will be no more. And it is truly wonderful that we get to be a part of such a mission-minded church, that we get to spend an entire month thinking about it, but not just thinking, joining in on the work. We get to be a part of it. How? Well, many of you guys who have been at Chatswood for long enough already should know by now, we, we pray, we give, we go. We know the drill, right? So let's remind ourselves what it looks like. We pray. We pray like we know who we're praying to. We ask the giver of hope to keep giving hope to the nations, renew frozen hearts, and give new life to those who are dead in their transgressions. We pray for a revival of these dead communities made to live for God again, where countries dominated by Buddhism and Islam and Hinduism might become overrun by Christians, that God would use our mission partners to achieve these means, to transform these lives. We want to pray big to a God who answers big. But how else can we be practically praying for our mission partners? Well, we pray every single day. Our mission partners need prayer every single day. 
the stresses that the missionaries face are everyday realities. But what else do we pray for? We pray for everyday things. Today's laundry, today's meal, today's language lesson, today's visit to the shop. What is so effortless for us to do in Australia can require so much more energy and so much more effort as the missionaries grapple in a culture that is so starkly different. And last of all, pray for their families. These missionaries are often bringing their kids along, so pray for everyone involved. Pray that God would sustain and deepen their faith. We want to pray fervently for God to use our mission partners because we want God's hope for this hopeless world. And as we pray, we also give. The bottom line is, it costs money to send missionaries. They have plenty of costs for living overseas. And, you know, as we all know, it costs just to live, to eat, to drink, to do the simple things, let alone preach God's word. We want to free them from thinking about money so that they can do their language learning. They can teach and preach and evangelize. Because where they are, they don't have that Christian giving and that Christian support to sustain their ministries. That's why they are over there. So we want to give knowing that it's worth every single cent that we're giving that we are freeing them to bring God's good news to those who aren't being reached, bringing hope to those who may otherwise never break out of their hopelessness. So friends, this year for Mission Month, let's give. Let's really give big. And last of all, people need to go. For some of you, it might look like sharing that hope to those at work or school, at uni, or it might actually mean doing it somewhere less reached, where no one else is sharing that message of hope. For those of you who are still studying, have you actually considered that besides being a doctor, a lawyer, or an accountant, that you might actually be someone who might bring hope to the nations? And how about all of you doctors, lawyers, accountants, and everything else, and full-time workers, whatever your career is, have you considered that maybe, just maybe, you might be able to use that to bring hope to the nations? Mission organizations need all kinds of people, tradies, graphic designers, farmers, business and marketing. They need all kinds of people, and that kind of person could be you. And for those of us who might be a little closer to retirement, have you considered what you'll do when you no, need, no longer need to work? Could you use all of that free time that you have to bring hope to the nations? Let's just quickly do this one thing. All right. Can you guys put your hands up? If you have ever taught the Bible to anyone in your entire life, it could be Bible study, it could be kids, youth. Let's, let's have a show of hands. Have you ever taught the Bible to anyone? Well, guess what? You are so well-trained and well-equipped that there are pastors in Africa and in Asia who will be jealous of how much Bible teaching you've ever received. Keep your hands up, keep your hands up. What about... 
if you've just been a Christian for, you know, maybe a year or so, you've been attending church regularly, and, you know, you attend Bible study, put your hands up. Who, anyone else? Including the people from before. <laughs> well, you know what? All of you who put your hand up just then, you know more about Jesus than 3.4 billion people in the world who have never heard of Jesus. We are so spiritual rich, spiritually rich here. We benefit from hearing God's word proclaimed every single Sunday. We fellowship with believers and we read God's word while there is a world out there, unevangelized, unreached, untouched by Christianity where they may never hear the name of Jesus in their entire lives. How are we going to break this cycle of hopelessness if we don't go? Maybe it's you that might be the one to go. And if you even want to spare a thought of going, consider signing up to the lunch on Mission Sunday. Christine Dillon is going to be sharing how her mission organization, OMF, are reaching the world and how you might be able to be a part of it. Well, friends, I think we've, we've learned today, haven't we? That we do live in a sad world, filled with so much suffering, so much despair, so much pain. But we know that we have God's hope. God's hope for a hopeless world. And his name is Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you for the hope, for the hope and assurance that you give us in Jesus. That we know with absolute certainty that through Jesus, we are children of God. For those in the world who don't have that hope, God, would you open their eyes, work through your gospel workers to shine the light of Jesus and bring hope to a world perishing in darkness and help us to pray, to give, to go. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen.